Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. I want to preach the subject this morning forgetting the things behind me. Forgetting the things behind me. As you remain seated, Book of Philippians, chapter number three, verse number seven. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and have been found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through the faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me, Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let many of us who are mature have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we all have already attained, let us walk by the same rule Let us be of the same mind, forgetting the things behind me, forgetting the things behind me. Amen. One of my first chores that my mom and dad gave to me, they said, just your job is to take out the trash. And back in the old days, our trash came on Mondays. So after Sunday night church, I always tried to remember to take out that trash can't say I remembered every day, but I tried my best. I don't know what it is about me. I feel like I'll remember week after week for months, and then one week will come, our, our trash comes on Thursdays, I will just forget. And I am one of those guys that will open up the garage door, get the bags of trash, and run down the street at the trash man, holler him, stop, stop, stop. Anybody like that? Do we have any trash forgetters in the house today? You know, am I, all right, I'm not alone in here, all right. It's an easy thing to forget. But when that trash is really nasty, really not making the house smell good, becomes big and large, you don't forget it because it's trash. And you want to keep mama happy. You want to keep the house nice. The bigger the trash is, the worse it is, the more and more you cannot wait for that trash man to come and take the trash right off of your curb. And I think we as Pentecostals, We as the spirit-filled believers, if we are not careful, we'll let trash build up inside of our lives, inside of our souls, and God is wondering from time to time, can you remember to take out the things that don't belong inside of your life? Can you be responsible enough so that when I pass by and I'm ready to clean up, amen, you said it right there and let me do my work, amen. I know we got a lot of nice cars out here. I know we got a lot of nice things out here, but you better believe every Sunday, every Wednesday, every revival, 
every conference, there is a big old trash truck that comes down from heaven and comes through this sanctuary. And the trash man is wondering, is there anybody here who wants to lay down their burdens? Is there anybody here who wants to lay down their sin? Is there anybody here who wants to get rid of their guilt? Put it right there out on the curb and let me do my service and take it out. Amen. I've come to preach to somebody. If you've got things in your life you're ready to give up, God wants to take it from you. If you're willing to set it out here on the altar, amen, he'll clean up your life. He'll clean out your house. He wants to get rid of the things that are behind you so you can move forward. Oh, is there anybody here ready to leave clean today? Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul had a very successful life before the Lord found him. He grew up in a city called Tarsus, a pretty affluent city of that day and that time. He was very smart, had a great education. You read about him in the book of Acts and other epistles. He talks about his life. He said, I sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He said, I was one of the greatest Jews and one of the greatest of the Pharisees. He said, I had it all. I was going places in the Jewish community amongst the group of the Pharisees. Even in the Bible, when they stood there to stone Stephen, the first martyr who is there consenting to his death, it is Paul. It says he was holding the coats of those who stoned Stephen. And back then, if somebody was a witness and condemned somebody to death, what they would do is they would take out their outer garment. That's the prayer garment of the Hebrew people. And they would swear an oath upon their garment that they were telling the truth. And they would give it to a witness and then take the condemned outside of the city. And what would happen is that person who would stand there holding the coats would wait if one more witness would happen to appear. And if they did, they would wave those garments up in the air, signaling to the people, don't stone them yet, we've got another witness. That is what Paul was doing there at that time when Stephen is about to be stoned. He is there holding the garments that men and women had put their words and their vows on to condemn Stephen to death. That was the type of man that he was. He was rich. He was affluent. He was a great Pharisee, a great education. Some scholars say he had the equivalent of three PhDs. He was ready to go far and wide and do anything he could to advance his livelihood as a Pharisee. But then one day, as he is on the road to persecute even more Christians, a great light appeared to him. And a voice came out of that light and spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is difficult for you to kick against the goads. You know what the Lord is saying right there in that moment? I know you've got plans for your life. I know you think you've been accomplished. I know you think you're successful. But I have put a goad upon you from heaven. I've wrapped it around your neck and your life so that you are now under my control and my rule and my reign. And I'm going to build you up and make you better than you ever thought you could be as a Pharisee. And at that moment, blindness fell upon him. At that moment, things begin to change for him. He fasted and prayed with blinded eyes for three days. And God just simply sent a disciple, a disciple from a house, not even a preacher or teacher, but just a disciple. Gave him a vision 
A vision of a man asking to be saved. And that disciple came and baptized Paul and the scales fell off of his eyes. And from that moment on, he became a preacher and a teacher of the living God. How was he able to advance so quickly? And to write over almost half of the New Testament. I tell you why. He forgot about the things in his past. When Paul went down in the baptism tank, he said, my Phariseeism is going down in the water. My sin and my hatred is going down in that water. All of my hopes and dreams are going down in that water. I've served something better and something greater than what the Pharisees or the world could ever give me. And that was a destiny that the light and the voice, the man Jesus Christ gave me. And he became an apostle of the living God. And you and I are still benefiting from his ministry today. I've come to tell somebody, maybe it's time for God to knock you off of your beast to shine a light to you and say you've been building your life long enough all on your own. I've got something bigger for you. I've got something better for you. Come unto me and watch what I'll do with your life. Amen. Forgot about his life. He said, I counted all of my education to be trash because my trash did nothing that I could gain something in the kingdom of heaven. I counted all of my awards, all of my positions, all of my titles to be nothing, to be worthless. He said, I forgot it all because I looked at it to become trash. You think about that. All of the wealth he had, all of the money he had, he said, it's rubbish to me. Because none of those things helped me get closer to Jesus. None of those things did anything that I may have a home in eternity. He said, I got rid of it all so I could pursue what God had already pursued for me. And that is eternal life. He said, to find this, to get rid of the things in my life, I had to know this wonderful Jesus. He said, I needed to know him. And the power of his resurrection. I needed to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. I needed to become conformable unto his death. You think about that. To know God in the power of his resurrection. To know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. And to become conformable unto his death. That's something. I know a lot of us, we think, oh, I want to have miracles. I want to have wonders. I want to have signs. You know what? I want all of those things too. But when it comes to leaving the former life and to following the Lord Jesus Christ, there is only one path to do it, and that is to understand the power of him glorified and to experience some of the sufferings that he went through. When you become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, a disciple, you literally follow in his footsteps. You experience what he experienced. You have to encounter what he encountered. We love him. We worship him. We adore him. But you read the Bible, it was not always that way. Anytime he was in Jerusalem, there was never any room for him. A lot of us have got Christmas on our minds. You read the Christmas story, there was no room for him in the family at the end. Later on in his adult life, when he comes down into Jerusalem, Nobody opens their home to him. Where does he sleep? Up in the Mount of Olives in the outside. And maybe some of you have felt like that in your walk with God. You feel like there's no room for you ever. 
You're always having to find a place on the outside to stay and to live. Can I tell you this? You're learning what it means to be a true follower of Jesus Christ in those days and times in your life. Paul said it. I was without shelter many, many nights, but I counted it an honor to suffer for my Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he would have rather slept outside in the cold and the rain to have slept in the nicest Pharisee house. Because to him, having a home in eternity with Jesus Christ where the greatest mansions ever known to mankind are up there. That's the house that he is after, praise the Lord, amen. Everything in his life became rubbish. It became trash. He got rid of the hypocrisy out of his life. You know, Jesus talked about guys like Paul. He said those Pharisees, he said they loved to wear those really long robes, those big long prayer garments that would drag the floor 20 or 30 feet behind them as a statement to everybody, look how spiritual I am. Look how long my garment is. Look how much I pray. And they would wear a little box on their heads, but the Pharisees would enlarge it. And it had scripture inside of it and had this big box in their heads. And they would walk around saying, look how smart I am. Look how great of a teacher and preacher I am. And they loved their title. They loved to be called rabbi, rabbi. And they loved to sit in the best seats in the synagogue. But Jesus came preaching and teaching something so different. He taught, be humble about your spirituality. Don't let your spirituality be a show for the world to see, but rather let it be service to Almighty God. And Paul got rid of that hypocrisy in his life. And instead of showing off, he began to let God show out through him. And through his ministry, he healed the sick. He cast out devils. He baptized people in Jesus' name. And he saw people get filled with the Holy Ghost by the sign of speaking in other tongues simply because he said, what is behind me? It's trash. And I have forgotten about it, and I don't want to have to do anything with it. He knew the power of God, and he also knew the sufferings of God. There is a blessing when you suffer for the name of the Lord. There is a blessing when you have to go through what you went through to simply experience the power of the resurrection of Almighty God. And if you will get through it and prevail The true ministry of Christ will be upon you. Paul said, if you want to get things behind you and forget them, you need to become a mature Christian. You cannot just stay a new believer for the rest of your walk with God. You have to become mature. I've had people ask me, how do I stop my sins? I got this Sin that I'm really dealing with in this big struggle. You know, you have an easy answer. You can just say, just quit. Have some more willpower. That may be how you got rid of it. But not everybody is like that. I remember I was preaching in a small church before I came back here on staff when I kind of evangelized a little bit. I was preaching in a small church in a small town in Missouri. And I preached, we had a tremendous move of God, and towards the end of the altar call, a man came up to me and he said, Preacher, I have been trying to quit smoking for 30 years. He said, I'll come here, and I feel delivered. But by the time I get back in the truck, that addiction for nicotine just attacks my body, and I have to have a cigarette just to get it off of me. And I said, well, 
I said, uh, I don't know what it's like to be addicted. I said, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I know this. God has a great power, and I feel your faith right now confessing this situation to me. And I laid my hands upon him, and I just simply prayed, God, help him, Lord, with the things that he doesn't like about himself. In Jesus' name, amen. I walked away. I came back a couple months later. And that man come up to me with the biggest smile on his face. And he said, I haven't had a cigarette in two months since you prayed for me. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I said, tell me what happened. He said, well, you prayed God help this man with the things that he doesn't like about himself. He said, I got in my truck after service that night, and sure enough, I wanted to have a smoke. And he said, I reached into my pocket, and my cigarettes were gone. He said, I looked around under the seat. My cigarettes were gone. I couldn't find them. He said, I got back to the house, you know, had a big old carton, put a pack in my little pocket, went to bed. And that next morning, after I had my breakfast, got in the car, and I wanted a cigarette. He said, I got out the cigarette. I looked around for my lighter and couldn't find my lighter. He said, on any given day, I have four or five lighters in the truck, but he said, I could not find my lighter. He said, I was about to pull over to a convenience store and buy a lighter. But he said, a voice spoke to me and said, you don't need a lighter, eat the cigarette. I'm not making this up. He said, it was the first time God ever spoke to me. He said, I knew it was the Lord. So you know what I did? I put that cigarette in my mouth and I chewed on it and I swallowed it. God said, I want you to eat another one. He said, all right, I'll try it. He ate another one and another one and another one. He said, after about the fourth or fifth, he said, I was about ready to get so sick that God said, I want you to eat the entire pack so that it makes you sick and you never want another one of those ever again. He said, I ate the whole pack and I've never wanted a cigarette again because it's trash to me. It's rubbish to me. I put it under the blood of Jesus and I have forgotten about it. I don't know if anybody's going to get in their truck and, <laughs> and eat their cigarettes or their pot or whatever you got maybe in your life. But I'm here to tell you God wants to help you so that the things in your past become trash to you. It becomes disgusting to you. It becomes worthless to you because it does nothing to get you into heaven but through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. In this life that we have, amen, you can have a home in eternity. Praise God. The Lord wants to help you to forget your past. He wants to help you to forget about the things that set you back in your walk with him. He wants to help you to find your way back to him by beginning to forget the past. Praise God. About a year or so ago, backslider in our church come walking up to me and confessed his sins to me. He'd fallen back into addiction. I got to be honest with you, I was almost ready to get upset with the man, but I didn't. Because I'd seen something a few months before that had completely changed my view of our inward struggles as human beings and our relationship with God. I preached in Jefferson City, Missouri. Pastor Scott Breedlove 
tremendous pastor, tremendous church. If you're ever in the area, visit his church. It's something to see and something to behold. I was in that church, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, my eyes were open, and I saw a vision of many angels in that church, and the Lord spoke to me and said, those angels come every service to watch people repent in this church. Praise God. Angels celebrate repentance. They love it to watch God's redemption happen in somebody's life. And uh, I preached, gave the altar call, and I mean all kinds of people come up there repenting, getting the Holy Ghost. It was such a beautiful thing to see and behold. But I remember there was this one man sitting in the back. You know, there's always that one guy or that one lady that won't come up right at the altar call, but they kind of wait to the very end. Let me tell you, there is nothing wrong with that. You know what that tells me? You're wanting to do it so nobody else can see. You're wanting to do it after everybody's left and it's just you and God. You want to know if it's very, very real so that nobody else is influencing you. Nobody else is pulling on you. You wait right till the very end to come up. And there may be somebody like that here today. And if that's you, God's going to touch you. Amen. But when I do, we give the altar call. Don't be afraid to come forward when I do. Come on. All right. That's, uh, I watched one man walk up to Brother Breedlove. And I overheard him. He had been doing so good. But he said, Pastor, I'm drinking again. I'm doing this again. I'm doing this again. And I'm so sorry. I was ready to see Brother Breedlove shake him. Put his hand on his head and say, come out, devil, right now. But he didn't. He didn't condemn him. He didn't yell at him. He didn't judge him from doing that to himself and to his family. You know what he did? He put his arms around him. He said, I love you. We're here for you. And I, I watched that man begin to sob on his pastor's shoulder as grief and shame came out of his life. And you know what was happening right there? I could see the look on his face of a hero and a conqueror telling himself, I can do this. I can make it. And I saw him talking more and more to his pastor saying, I don't want to have anything to do with sin ever again. It's horrible. It's done nothing for me. But this church in Jesus Christ has given me a new job, has given me hope, has restored my relationships. I don't want anything this world has to offer. And I did that very same thing to a man not too long ago here in this church. I thought it, the old Justin would say, you've got to repent. You've got to get it right. You've got to straighten up. But I could tell enough shame and enough guilt was inside of his heart. And I just opened up my arms and I said, I love you and we're here for you. And I watched as this big old man began to sob on my shirt as he began to confess more and more of his sins. And his sin is becoming something that he detests. When you get humble before God and you say, I had a lot. I used to be great. I used to have this and that. But it's worthless to me now because it's doing nothing to get me into heaven. I used to have this. I used to be this. I used to be this. I accomplished this. I did this. I studied this and I went here and there. What has it done for you to get you into heaven? What has it done to help you draw closer to the Lord? I tell you what, all it's done, it's done nothing but build up a bunch of trash in your life. And it is a stench in the nostrils of God. And the Lord is saying, I have come to remove all of that from you. And I've come to give you hope. I've come to give you a new life. I've come to give you a name written in heaven. If you will just begin to forget about the things that are behind you. Can we all stand in the presence of the Lord?
Some of you may be feeling here today, what do I have to offer God? What could I even give him? What does he even need from me? What can I do? Let me tell you this. God's been doing good all on his own for a long time, but you know what he really wants from you? And it's something you can give and everybody could give it. It's your heart. It is all of your desires. It is all of your hopes. It is all of your dreams. All of your ambitions. I felt a great light step into this worship service just a moment ago. And God was saying, I've got something better than the life you have right now. If you will just forget about it all and not be afraid to lose it all, not be afraid to walk away from it all, but if you will come and follow me, I'll give you a new life that will blow your mind. Praise God. There's nothing you and I could do right now to get into heaven. But there is one thing that we can do very easily, and that is to simply forget what is behind us. Some of you, I bless you in Jesus' name with righteous memory loss. To forget about what you used to be, to have no desire to ever be that person anymore. But I bless you with perfect memory right now of the things of God. If there's anybody in here, amen, that wants to take the trash out of your soul and lay it up here on the altar, amen, the garbage truck is on its way from heaven. If there's anybody in here, amen, that's ready to lay some things down from the past, ready to lay it all down and say, God, I've tried it on my own long enough. I'm ready for you. I'm ready to have you in my life. Just come forward right now and lay it all out, amen. Don't forget, amen, to take out the darkness of your life. Amen. God wants to clean, amen, his people this morning. He wants to make sure, amen, 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 you're all cleaned up, a new mind, a new heart, hallelujah. He wants the old things to pass away and the new things, amen, to become new, hallelujah. Amen. Won't you come up here and forget about things? Won't you come up here and forget about it all and become a new man, a new woman in Christ, hallelujah. That's right, if you messed up, God is so patient. If you have failed, God is patient. If you have struggled, God is patient. All God wants you to do, amen, is to start the journey of forgetting the things behind you and pressing toward, amen, the high calling of God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Start telling yourself, forget about it. If it comes to mind, say, no, devil, I forgot about that. Somebody starts trying to remind you of what you used to be. Say, no, I forgot about that. It's over. It's done. Trash man came. My Lord forgave me of it. He washed me of it. Hallelujah. Come on, you alcoholics. Come on, you drug addicts. Come on, of you addicts. Come on, you whoremongers. Amen. You can come. This Jesus wants to love you. This Jesus wants to forgive you. Open this kingdom and you're invited to it. Hallelujah. My God, my God, the Holy Ghost is about to fall in this place right now. Hallelujah. Some of you, you're about to get the Holy Ghost today. Some of you, you've been thinking about baptism. Today is your day. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.